and welcome to the Music Survival Guide podcast, episode seven, I believe. I was going to say unlucky for some, I don't know why. Joe, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing really good, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm all right, yeah. I'm, uh, as it goes, about to go on holiday. Not that um, anyone listening will, will notice. Yeah, it should be because seamless. you will have gone five weeks before this podcast comes out. Oh, you're, you're betraying our schedule. I don't think it's <laughs> So, Joe, what have you been up to since we last chatted? So, uh, over the past few days, I've been working on another mix for an artist called Hayley Klinkhammer, who is an artist I'd thoroughly recommend people to check out. Not only because she's uh, crazy talented, um, and I enjoy you know working with her on a variety of stuff, but she's an artist that's really, really crushed the whole uh, YouTube uh, algorithm thing. That's a really awful way of explaining that. But so she she uploads like covers on YouTube and some of them have got like millions and millions of hits. And then she can release her music like on the side, her original stuff. And she's kind of built an organic following. So it's it leans on some of the stuff that we've been talking about in previous podcast episodes. What Joe is trying to say is if you want to know how to YouTube as a musician, she's a good person to look at. I oh, 100%. She's someone who I really hope at some point we can get on as a guest because I think she'd be really interesting to talk to. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Joe, what are we talking about this week? So, this week we are going to be talking about the thing that I firmly believe a lot of bands start for this reason, and it is to get on stage and rock your little heart out. And so we are going to be talking about um, how to get gigs. How to get gigs. I was going to say in 2019 and make it sound really gimmicky, but that. That dates it no, really quickly. No, we're it? just going to... How to get gigs in, in How to generically era. get gigs in the modern era. In the modern the era. ancient, ancient <laughs> times here. So, um, there's there are many, many methods of getting gigs. Um, some of them a bit more old school. Some of them a bit more 21st century. Um, and I guess maybe in... The modern age, the obvious place to start is meeting people in your local scene. Um, mm. So that takes many, many forms. Um, the obvious way is actually going to gigs and meeting people face to face. But then you can also do it on Facebook. So there's obviously Facebook groups dedicated to local music scenes and interests of various sorts and things like that. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for for meeting people you know, in person. I think we say like this all the time is that some of the strongest connections I've personally made and I know a lot of other musician friends and promoters, managers, label people, you name it. If you ask them, you know, what connection that they have that kind of launched their career or made them make a big step in it, it was certainly ones they made face-to-face -face or person-to-person. -person. So... Yeah, it's something I'd really emphasise is actually showing your face at yes. gigs, introducing yourself and just ingratiating yourself in the local scene. It's a really, really good way of of getting your face known and it, it helps you out when you're looking for gigs. So there's, there, are, there is, like many things in, in life, a right and a wrong way to go about this. Um, I'd say a great place to start is if you know a band in the local area and you really like them and you sort of your style of music isn't I was going to say isn't dissimilar it sort of meets and fits with them 
like you'd work together on a bill um talk to them <laughs> it's a great place to start is to go you know how do you get gigs is i i mean you, you couldn't ask it immediately but is there a support slot available um and you, you can just generally chat to them i mean the way to start anything like this is not to go it in for the kill as it were and just go straight to the jugular <laughs> um it's to generally chat uh, and introduce yourself and you know say i'm i'm in a band or whatever it is um because if you go straight to hey can we gig with you um the answer is probably going to be no uh or you know i need to know more about you um these things tend to happen naturally rather than in a forced kind of way if that makes sense it yeah is in my mind. I, I think you've got to You've got to give the impression that you give a You yes. can't kind of go in and say to people, oh, you know, or give the impression that it's just a one-way thing. I'm coming here to get the thing that I want and, you know, you're going to give it to me because that's not the way it works. It's all kind of got to be mutual. I'd personally recommend this tactic. So we're talking about meeting people in person, but maybe to try, give them the old one too, which is... <laughs> If you if you kind of you know do your research, you find you know there's a local gig in your area of a band who you think you'd work well on a support slot. Do yourself a favour once you've researched it, and say the gig's on the Friday. On the Monday, drop the band an email, message, DM, whatever you want, and just kind of go, "Hey, I'm Joe. I play in this band. If you've got links to your music, great. But for this, we're assuming you're kind of like a new band." Um, you might not have links. Maybe you have a demo that can also get you a long way and just say, mm. I'm coming down to your show on Friday. Looking forward to it. Would be great to have a chat with you after you're set. A hundred percent. And I think you're really setting yourself up for a big win there. Yes. Um, because you've already on, on the email or however you've communicated with them digitally, you've got over that sort of initial awkward step. And so you can go, when you chat to them, you can go, hi, I'm, I'm Phil. Do you, we've already chatted, basically. So you've already kind of gotten in. Um, that's not quite so awkward. I don't know. That's the way I put it anyway. No, I completely agree with that because I think there's, for as much as there are, you know, loads of extrovert musicians who are more than happy to do that, we'd be daft to ignore the fact that it can be an awkward conversation. You don't kind of want to go up to someone and go, hi, I'm in a band. Or you kind of do small talk and they're kind of going, well, what, what's this person want? Whereas if you kind of introduce yourself as, you know, I'm in this band, I'm not necessarily, like you say, going for the kill, but you kind of give a bit of context to who you are. And once you've done that, all you have to do is go, hi, I'm Joe, and we've been chatting over email or in DMs for the last three days. And you've instantly kind of got that... Connection. That conversation starter and that context without having to awkwardly go... Oh, well, by, by the way, I'm in a band. It, it's just a lot more organic. Oh, yes. Um, the other thing to say about meeting bands who are gigging um, is you've got to be uh, respectful of what they are doing. Um, so the most stressful part of a gig for any band, especially in like a pub or a kind of smaller uh, local gig, is the setup and the set down. So the probably the worst way you could approach them is the second they have finished playing because that band will be focused on packing down their stuff as fast as humanly possible whilst avoiding the band that are setting up um and i've seen people sort of wander up to a, a bandmate and chat to them whilst they're trying to pack away it's not a good time 
Um, and if you want to ingratiate yourself with them, then that is not the way to go about it. You could go even one step further. I don't think I, I personally, when I was playing in Badlands, would have loved it if, so we've done the plan of, you know, send them an email, introduce yourself, have a talk. And as soon as they finish the set, go to the person who you know who it is. So, so I don't know what his name is, John. And just go, hey, John, like I'm Joe. We've been chatting by email. Can I give you a hand packing down? Ooh. Can I can I do it? Can I take cases? Do you want me to like carry stuff to a car or whatever? You'll quickly find, I think, that you'll start getting getting gig offers if you become that guy who is, yeah, the the local live scene saviour. That is a great call. It's a great way to meet people is to help them do something practical that they're trying to do quickly. Yeah, because not only are you, oh, it's that guy who seemed quite interesting. You're, oh, yeah, you're the guy who helped us pack down. And ultimately, if you want to gig with them, if you're showing you're willing to pack down and help out and muck in, what better reference for getting on the same bill as them? Because they know, oh, well, that guy's like perfectly happy. He's not, he's not one who complains about packing down or like leaves mm. his stuff around or is untidy. It's perfect reference for actually playing a show with them. So I guess you've got to remember um, and consider that when people are looking for, I mean, in all sorts of, of areas of the music industry, but in gigging, when people are looking for people to sort of gig with, it's partly, does this band sound good and do we gel with them musically? But frankly, probably a lot more of it is, is this band a faff to gig with or are they actually being helpful? Yeah, somewhat controversially, I'd even, if we're going to percentage it, I'd say it's 80% kind of a mixture of personality, admin, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Everything that's not music. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's everything that kind of isn't music. It's, um, you know, it's the logistics, that's the mm. one. So I'd say it's kind of, controversially, I'd say it's 80% admin, logistics, personality, because those are those are kind of the key things. As long as you really fit within a genre, there's especially kind of if you're looking for your first gig, the threshold in the nicest way possible probably isn't that high for your musical quality. But what will get you far and will allow you to, you know, have uh, a bad show or things go wrong and you will continue to get more gigs and people will give you second chances is if you're the guy who turns up on time or is the person who's willing to help out or is always like the best communicator, just a nice person to be around. Be a decent human being and things yeah. will come your and way. And I think you can demonstrate those really, really easily through email and going to actually meet them in person and, and helping out. And it's, it's, it's safe to say, I feel like it's a thing we haven't touched upon is buying someone a drink goes a really long way. <laughs> like it sounds really daft, it's true. but once you've kind of shaken hands, given them a hand, just go, oh, can kind of, you know, can I buy you a beer? And I, I want to like talk, talk a bit more about music. No one is more amenable to a beer than a musician after they've played a set. <laughs> exactly. So I guess moving on, um, there are other methods of um, getting gigs and some... Uh, uh, well, the next one's quite a hard one. It creates a lot of hard work, if I'm honest. Um, is cold contacting venues. 
Mm. So this is, if you know, I don't know, seven or eight, that's quite a lot maybe, venues within your your area, um, is going, I would like to play at, I don't know, the, the Lion's Head pub. Sure, why not? It's a very generic name. Um, and they, you know, they have maybe have lots of lots of gigs on Fridays and Saturdays, and you can cold contact them um, and say, I would basically love to be considered as a support band, um, because a lot of the time, um, local venues are looking for support bands. Um, I would caution that you you certainly need some kind of musical output to show them mm-hmm. um, in your cold contact. If you don't have anything. Um, this may not be the option for you because they need to know what you're like. <laughs> yeah, that is a major caveat. The The only thing I would say to add to that is I wouldn't stress about it being studio recordings. If you have a good live recording or even just a really good home demo, there's, there's a fair chance they kind of get the picture from of what kind of... They're not necessarily like like a radio promoter would be looking to play your stuff or you know is looking for the next foo fighters or whatever they're just they just need to see um you know if you're a metal act okay i can put you on on a metal night or if you're Mm. a rock act i can put you on with these these other people it's more they just kind of need a genre idea i know certainly in, in a lot of venues that are kind of playing beginner bands or bands that are starting out it's more about what genre they fit in rather than the quality of their songs so to speak and you should if you're sort of up for doing this um what you can make clear in your email um is that you are up for last minute cancellation support slots um Mm. so there's often times where bands you know someone gets ill or i don't know a van breaks down or whatever whatever it is um and they're suddenly like oh gosh we need a support band for tomorrow night what do we do if you can be sort of sounds dramatic their savior um if you can be there as a band to to fill in that 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 hole in their support slot um then you have gone up in their estimation so much you you are a helpful person or a helpful band Mm -hmm. i also think it's important when kind of styling out your email or writing styling out writing out your email styling out (laughs) My brain's on about 5%. It's on low power mode, essentially, at the moment. (laughs) How do you style out an email? I don't know. I'm going to find out. I'm going to get back to you next week. Excellent. So when you're writing out your your email, I think it's important to personalise it and maybe do a little bit of research. Don't go full minority report and find out their (laughs) blood type and where the person lives. That's just going to come across as creepy. But if you kind of find out who, who, who the email's going to, so for example, it just might be the lion's head at gmail.com but if you find out the bloke's name's steve who is the person who answers all the emails or runs the night you know it should be something along the lines like oh hi steve you know i'm in band xyz um we're kind of similar to these kind of nights that you've put on previously you know here's our demo or live stuff here's our and then same as i'm pretty sure we've covered it in uh other episodes is kind of have a link to you an email signature so it's kind of got you know a link to you yes facebook twitter instagram maybe an epk like an electronic press kit Ooh. i mean that's that's kind of getting into <laughs> your more higher tier stuff but as if you can provide as much info and leave your phone number on it always leave your phone number on it 
look professional but friendly. I, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's it's professional but approachable is the and you've got yeah as as joe said you've got to provide links to things like your facebook page and all sorts as basically as as much kind of social media stuff as you've got linked to it because you want to make it as easy as possible for this person to find out about you in whatever way they want to mm-hmm. so if they want to know how many facebook followers you have they've got to be able to find out very quickly so a click uh-huh. from an email is a great great time there's a good approach to have as well is think about it from the perspective of if you were putting on a show yourself and you had a band you've never heard of contact you, what would be all the questions you'd want to ask them to be able to run the night or, you know, get enough information to want to book them and include those, like even write them down, type them out and include all those answers within your email. I think that's a really foolproof method of making sure you get come across with all the right info. Um, so that another another kind of avenue I've got actually written down is gig promoters, and now I sort of think about it, it's actually probably a very similar method to um, cold contacting venues. So these are people who, for a living or maybe for a side living, put on gigs. So the more bands that they they know and the more bands that they can meet, kind of the better. Um, you can meet these people very easily actually at gigs as well um so if you know that it's i don't know such and such promotions presents this gig then you know that it's it's some kind of gig promoter who's put it on and usually whoever that is 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 going to be there um so you can actually quite easily when you're chatting to the band um find out who it is and then you can get into a conversation with this person and move it on a on a stage this is definitely an example of the power of referrals and oh, I'd yes. kind of apply this thinking about it to the previous thing of cold emailing uh, venues is there's so much power in being able to say, hey, um, you know, if we played with people X at this show and we're aware that they did a show with your promotions company, just wanted to kind of, you know, introduce ourselves and say, hey, like those kind of referrals and person-to-person interactions where that person can... It doesn't have to be something massively flowery. You can just say, hey, we played on the same bill as one of the other acts that you work with. You know, just introducing ourselves in case you have uh, gigs that come up in this area and this is how, you know, these. this is a link to our music and all the stuff that we've mentioned in the previous, mm. previous little section. I mean, yeah, Joe's right. I mean, a lot of this kind of thing is the power of referrals so really what we're kind of throwing out here is options and ideas especially for new bands but maybe bands sort of early on in their gigging career who don't necessarily know where to go to get these gigs um but when you start to gig a few times and you get a bit of a a reputation hopefully a good one um you'll be offered more and more um so people will actually start coming to you and saying especially like gig promoters and going we've got this night coming up would you like to play that is a great position to be in as a band Mm -hmm. there were i can only speak for liverpool and it was the same as when i was living in manchester as well is there seems to be almost tastemakers in most cities uh scenes especially kind of in indie rock and and kind of the indie pop stuff that i work in that case for example i went for a meeting with uh someone who contacted me through uh 
an ad that I was running and the bloke was from London or whatever. Hashtag London. And he just said, oh, do you know, um, do you know so-and-so? And it's the, this one band member that I, I, bless him, I love him, and I work with his band and I love working and producing them. But everywhere I go, that person gets brought up and they go, oh, you know so-and-so. <laughs> oh, you know so-and-so. So if you can identify that one person make sure you are the friendliest person possible to them and buy them a beer and get to know them because they're most likely the they're the person you can name drop for a promoter and go, oh, hey, so-and-so from this band recommended us. And that person will get you through so many doors. The power of name dropping. <laughs> the power of, yeah, it, it is kind of a business where it's all... Oh, yeah, it's who you know, isn't it? Yeah, it is who you know rather than what you know i mean you still have to have a base layer of what you know but to open doors it's it's who you Helpful. know so going from what we were saying before about people having side side hustles even for uh for their band or even like as part of their job in setting up gigs and promoting stuff there's obviously an option to set up your own so become your own booking agent and set up your own gigs it's an option, but there's a million and one issues with it. Yeah. And many challenges to overcome. It's not something I'd advise. And I think Phil would concur if you're at the stage where you're trying to get your first few gigs. Very it's, much so. It's going to be more stress than it's worth. So the massive thing that I think of is, especially if you're going to be doing a multi, multi-band bill, then your responsibility also lies with the other acts and making sure they're on stage and then you have to liaise with the with the venue and if you're inexperienced in this stuff things will go wrong things will go wrong it's just part and parcel of it but the people who are doing it have maybe had plenty of experience of working under someone or shadowing someone who's done it before and they can kind of see the fires before they need to be put out. If you're doing it for the first time, it's something that, uh, yeah, will come at you thick and fast. Yes. So if you're in some uh, Lincolnshire village and you're wanting to start a local scene, I would heavily suggest to you that it is it is easier to travel with your band to the nearest city and go to that scene and join that than try and start something new. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's a faff, but it's a lot easier. It's something I'll admit, I don't know all too much about how you'd get into it. I think a lot of people I know how they get into it is they are in bands themselves and they kind of, you know, watch the scene and they kind of go, oh, there's a gap in the market that I think we can fill. Yeah, maybe uh, if you do want to kind of get into that is again reach out or meet a promoter of someone of a gig that you, of a gig night that you like and just ask them if you can kind of you know volunteer with them for the night like offer to take tickets on the door and stuff like that and is another great way to meet loads of people and meet new bands and kind of get your word out there a little bit maybe is to volunteer at some gigs mm. that's maybe an option it's it's a really difficult it one. Starts, it starts to become a thing of itself, aside from sort of being in a band that gets gigs. Being a promoter is just a whole different area to get into. Yeah, I think it'd be very difficult to concentrate on the actual playing of the gig if you're panicking yes. about 
who's on the door collecting tickets who's you know is the is the bar well stocked enough uh is the support band gonna turn up have they got their own gear who's making sure people are on and off who's making sure like the the band are on at the right time is the sound man gonna turn up is this when's the sound man gonna be paid it's it's yeah it's the reason why it's a job i don't think you'd be able to actually enjoy the experience of playing live if you're trying to juggle that many plates very much so um so on the topic of uh, sort of last minute gigs and support slots um a facebook group i'm going to recommend um to you um i think it's a group or is it a page is one called bands promoters gigs uk mm-hmm. um which is obviously very uk centric um i would uh politely caution that there is there a lot happens in that group and it caters to a lot of genres um but i would honestly recommend just joining it and seeing what what is in there and what opportunities might might arise um just a thought really <laughs> yeah there there are very similar pages i think for most cities so depending on where you are with the right research yeah. i think you can find the right group and i'm I'm involved in a few of them and I always see posts like bands dropped out need a 15 minute set from a band that can get to this venue for a sound check for six will pay X amount. So if you're kind of eagle eyed enough on those pages and are active member, then there's always opportunities on there. Yes. So um, that was, um, I guess, a phrase I've heard around and about is a advice buffet. Um, so there is something there that will cater to more or less anybody. Um, as, as we've said, it's one of those things where it's, it's a who, you know, kind of thing. So the more people you meet, the more opportunities you will get and the more you can get, um, uh, recommended. Is that the word? I don't know. Referred. Uh, referred. I knew it began with R. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, uh, I guess a case of getting the ball rolling, um, Something we didn't mention, which I don't really know why we did, I uh, didn't, um, is I would generally suggest starting with smaller gig slots. Um, so like a 15-minute set rather than a, an hour set, just to get into the flow of it as a band. Um, a bit late to mention that, but I have now. <laughs> no, it's Go. a very valid point. Kind of, yeah. Don't stress yourself out with thinking of seven-minute live intros. Make a really concise, tight 15-minute <laughs> set. Go do that. Build yourself a good reputation, and then the bigger sets and bigger opportunities will come. Don't don't run before you can walk. I think is a is a phrase that comes to mind. Oh, get you with your phrases. I know. And speaking of phrases, I'm going to make it a thing. Here's my top three summary of uh, I think things we've covered in in this episode. So in at number one, I feel like we should have some music with this. I'm going to put <laughs> some in the edit. Uh, some... So so at number one is. I'd say go out and meet people in person, show your face, take a genuine mutual interest in their band and their music, and don't make it feel like a one-way transaction. Make it feel like you're genuinely interested and form a, form a bond that way, and you'll be able to ingratiate yourself in the scene much quicker. Uh, a second one is to get a referral from other bands and promoters when approaching other bands about support slots or or promotion or anything to do with gigs so if you know a band that's got an in with someone then you know 
it even just helps with introductions of kind of go part of that small talk when you meet someone is oh hey yeah i know matt from that band oh you know matt yeah you played with them you're instantly in and you've got a conversation started and you're on the topic of music and you can kind of work your way in that way and finally is always do your research i don't think it hurts to kind of go into these conversations kind of knowing who you're talking to especially when you're talking to venues and just make people feel make people feel worthwhile don't make them feel like they're just someone else that you've just spammed for no reason again it's all about making a genuine connection and building building proper bonds with people in the industry and that will get help you get really far learn and you will go far i don't know why that phrase came to me <laughs> well sure. on that note <laughs> you can get in contact with me if you should 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 so choose i can talk honest um if you want to uh, via email uh, phil at vortisoundstudios.com and following on from last week i now have an autoresponder set up <gasps> Hurrah. how exciting well i know what i'm going to be doing as soon as uh, we finish recording this episode oh dear <laughs> and you can reach me at uh, joe at nevisaudio.com you can reach us both mm-hmm. at musicsurvivalguide at gmail.com, our very official sounding email address. <laughs> and we have a Facebook group, which is called the Music Survival Guide Podcast. Amazing. So don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a review on wherever you get your podcasts. It really, really helps us and allows us to make further podcasts and hopefully get like some awesome interviews in the future. So Say nice things. So, yeah. If you could say nice things, that'd be great. So until next time, it's a uh, goodbye from me. Cha-chao from me. <laughs> That's going to be your thing. Mine's top three. Yours is good.